You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Ooh to Be Ah, and it's Stephen Chicken here, joined by Dave Hartrick. As usual, how are you doing, Dave? Not bad at all. Not uh, bad at all. So I've just had a week off uh, for the first half of the international break. So apologies, there was no pod last week. So we're going to belatedly talk about Town's second win of the season, yeah. which came against Hull City before the international break came upon us like a big pile full of boring bricks. Um, <laughs> Probably, in some ways, the break probably came at the worst possible time for town, just as they're getting a bit of momentum. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting that they arranged that behind behind the doors, friendly, um, you know, and played some of the first team in there. I could completely understand that because once you've got momentum, mm. last thing you want to do is lose it, isn't it? And I thought the 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 nature of the whole victory was the big thing. It wasn't just that they delivered the battering. I'd, I had said on this podcast, <laughs> and the gentleman who said, "Are you on drugs?" to me on Facebook, no, I was. I'm not on drugs. Maybe just reality drugs. <laughs> um, but it was also the nature of it that they they got that first goal later on in the game. Quickly followed it with another and another. And if I, you know, it they didn't actually close the game out particularly well because the players have not been in this situation yeah. before. You could see at three nil. There were players there who just wanted the game to end so they could celebrate, just get this over so we can, mm. you know, the the relief of it. And it, finishing the game like that and getting two late wins is far more, momentum-wise, is, is, does far more for you than, um, you know, being 3-0 up by half-time. Yeah. You know, it, it really does. It's just the nature of football, really. I think particularly given the, the fitness issues that that, mm. that they've had, like knowing that, and the fact that I think, well, the, before the Stoke <laughs> game, they hadn't scored in the last 30 minutes of a match. Yeah. And now they've had four. Yeah. Well, this, this is it. And, I, you know, I've spoken on this podcast and said, I didn't believe it was a fitness issue. It's an energy issue. And you saw when they got that first goal, you saw a team playing on pure adrenaline for 10 minutes and they went and got two more because suddenly there was space on the pitch and suddenly they were taking men on and beating them and suddenly they were playing the risky pass over the safe one to the side and all that. So it was. I think the international break hasn't come at a great time but I think when they've got three games in eight days to follow, Mm. I think in a way you can say, well, yeah, actually... It's not a bad time, really, because they'll keep the momentum. The players will have been buzzing going into training, you know. Yeah. The international break has worked out pretty well for town because Chalabar got sent home with yeah. the injury. Bakuna's game got called off. Yeah. So it's actually worked out pretty well um, all in. But the, the thing about that whole game was... I, I said to you, I, I texted you during the game, even though you were sat, like, two metres from me... Um, <laughs> 
and said, you know, the, the first goal is going to win this game. And I was worried that Hull were going to get it because yeah. it would have been such a such a, a sort of the air going out the balloon instantly. Mm. As soon as Town got that that goal, there was only ever going to be one winner. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying, Steve, what a goal that was as well. Ah, oh, that finishing, yeah, he's, he's 180 degrees mm. facing away from goal. The the pass from Bakuna is not an easy one to no, control. No, he fires it at he him. Basically, hit, yeah, I wrote initially he basically hits it at him rather yeah. than rather yeah. than to him, and he actually has to stretch a little bit when you watch it to to get the mm. first touch on it. But whether it's intentional, whether the first touch is intentional or not, that second touch to swivel yeah. and know exactly where the bottom corner is and put it there yeah. is incredible instincts. It shows yeah. what a, what that is something you you just can't teach I don't think like no, you can do all the no. training drills in the world but like and there's a lot of players in the Premier League who don't have that kind of instinct it's like it's actually quite a rare thing like mm. it's a Robbie Fowler Alan Shearer yeah, yeah. Like, even Michael Owen didn't have it and he scored yeah. you know yeah. when he was good was brilliant uh, it was it was a, a wonderful goal and it's the sort of goal that does give you a platform and that's exactly as it proved because then Bakuna finishes uh, a great move yeah. for the second and then you get the, the the third goal was special for a couple of reasons really because the third goal was the moment in the ground where you could feel the fans go yeah this is one because yeah. e- even being 2-0 up the run they've been on and everything else there's still all that you know 2-0 is a dangerous lead Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but the third goal goes in and there were just this sort of weight lifted from the stadium but the player who scored it as well, Kachunga, yeah. was you. You could see what it meant to him. Mm. He's had a very, he had a very, very good week. Really, he played very, very well in all the games. He provides industry rather than brilliance. I think it would be fair to say. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, this is the Park Ji Sung yeah, thing, isn't it? It is. Dirt it count is. style. He's been picked because the Cowleys. He's the type of player we've we've said it on here. He's the type of player who will do what his manager asks. Mm. And when you've got a Diakabi who is, let's be honest, he's an unknown quantity. You don't know what you're going to get from him. I think he's been really, really good recently since the Cowleys have come in. But he's still a player who's capable of going out there and having an absolute stinker. You just you just don't know. Mm. To have a counterbalance there as an option, to have a Kachunga who just wants to work hard, just wants to cover his flank, just wants to provide, just wants to be involved. There's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, it was a, it was a, it, again though, very good finish again. Yeah. Very good finish. No tapping that, you know. No, no. In off the underside of the bar. I mean, I wrote, when I wrote my five conclusions on Stoke, I put that, that game was not a match where you're like, oh, that's, yeah. you know, and we talked on the podcast about it, that's where they turned the corner. Who knows what's going to happen over the next few games? But if they do go on a bit of a run and start flying up the table, because they're out in the relegation zone now, incredibly. yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, it's <laughs> on the back of three games. Um, if they do start flying up the table, you feel like that whole game will be will go mm. down as the turning point rather than the Stoke game. Uh, you also feel like if they'd have won that Millwall game, mm. I don't think they'd have won the next two. Mm. So I think they'd have probably had a six-point week. I think. There was a lot of good things to come from that Millwall game, and I think we were quite we were relatively positive on the podcast compared to some, and I think it gave them the platform. 
Yeah. The, the last big monkey on their back was a home win. Yeah. And to smash getting a win, getting an away win, getting a home win, two clean getting sheets. more two clean sheets, yeah. getting more than a single goal in a game, getting more than two goals in a game, yeah. all in a week is in, incredible progress. Different goal really. scorers as well. But the, the, I joked about it before. The other side of it was the reason I felt they were going to batter someone was because there was always going to be a game where they got the second goal. Because mm. how many games have we seen where they've got the goal, they've been playing well, and they've just not been able to build on it, and they've mm. just not been able to get the second goal. Yeah, keep it or Cardiff, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's killed them, ultimately. Yeah. And this that was a problem in the Premier League as well. You know, there's the Burnley game, the West Ham game, and various others that they couldn't kill a game. Yeah. But they, they did, and... In the space of a week, you now look at Blackburn, is it Blackburn Borough Barnsley coming yeah. up? You look at those three and you suddenly think, well, could be another seven-point week there. We'll come on to that run later. I think before we move on, I want to talk about Ginny Neobacuna because, um, again, we, we sort of touched on him after the Stoke game. If that doesn't sound a bit weird, um, <laughs> but we—he was—he came off the bench again against Hull, and he completely changed the game because within 30 seconds of coming on, he settled that goal for Grant. Mm. Then he scored the second, and then he made the third because it was him that played the ball through for Lewis yeah. O'Brien, who then crossed for had an easy job to mm. sort of play it across the yeah. box for Kachunga, um, not to do down Lewis O'Brien at all because he's been possibly he's on course to be Town's player of the season the yeah. way that he's going. Yeah. But it's. Really nice to see Bakuna turn that around, and uh, you know, as I say, we, we talked about it a bit last time. But after he, he clearly has so much talent and had been playing so poorly, po- arguably Town's worst player mm. in the first few games of the season, lost his place, um, and he's been a game changer off the bench, and he's really given a headache to to the Cowleys now in central midfield, as we talked about last time, because they've now got. Jonathan Hogg, Lewis O'Brien, Janunia Bakuna, Trevor Chalaber, and Alex Pritchard yeah. all to fit into the team. Well, which is an incredible turnaround when you think yeah. four weeks ago you would have said at the time Lewis O'Brien was sort of emerging, but you would have said probably only Hogg was a definite choice out of any of them, really. Chalaber was playing well. I think at that point yeah but but Chalabar to be fair Chalabar has tailed off the last couple of games he's he's one player who since the Cowleys have been in in my honest opinion hasn't uh, quite shown what he could do but I think the difference is that he's playing in a far more regimented systematic midfield now so he He's not been reined in, don't get me wrong. He mm. still he still loves that gallop forward and he's still Towns. Really, he's, he's, I know O'Brien does a very good impression of it, but he is Towns box-to-box midfielder, really, Chalabar. But, yeah, these are good headaches to have, though, yeah, aren't definitely. they? And for a club who has had no headache whatsoever, mm. you know, squad-wise, it's, it's an interesting development. And it's like I've... I mentioned to you before that I've always wanted to do that piece, picking apart some sort of interesting mm. statistics around town. And there just hasn't been any. Mm. You know, you could see everything with your own eyes. There really has been an upswing in almost everything. Yeah. Um, and that is, let's be honest, that is down to the Cowleys. You, yeah. You've got to give them the props. Interestingly, at the, Q, the fan Q&A that they did at the Gas Club on Monday night, um, Cowley 
went out of his way to, to praise Mark Hudson, saying that he felt like Hudson actually made enormous strides with the team, in t particularly in terms of fitness, after he took over from, uh, from Jan Sievert. Mm. Um, which, yeah, I thought was interesting. But where I think the, where the Cowleys have, have taken what Hudson was doing and run with it even more is in making them more incisive. Yeah. And getting, as I say, subst substitutions are suddenly a massive part of Town's arsenal, mm. which you never would have foreseen a few no. weeks ago. Or even, to be honest, even even under Wagner at times, they, they struggle to get game yeah. changers on. But the, um, the, yeah. the number of times that they've, in their five games, they've made substitutions that have changed things for the better. Um, particularly those those last three games, obviously. Um, I think Hudson very impressive. Uh, you know, Hudson was it, the the Reading game. I wouldn't say broke him, but we saw him when he came into the press conference afterwards, and he was absolutely through the floor because he got a really really good forty five minutes out of them. They were good that first half. Right, well, they that's were, the one game I haven't been to this season. Well, they they were really good and they were actually progressive but without having a real cutting edge yeah but then the second half they just tumbled off a cliff and they just stopped doing all the things you they'd clearly been told to do and Hudson was really going for them on the touchline and when he came into the press conference afterwards you know he said the fitness is not up to it then they're, they're nowhere near fit enough I think my only criticism of Hudson for his time in charge, it's very difficult to criticise a caretaker manager because it's a non-impossible job, mm. yeah, as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will tell you. <laughs> um, but the, my criticism was that he went back in terms of a playing style, he tried to go too far back to Wagner mm. ideals and systems. And I think what those players needed was something completely different. They have that now. And it's taken a few games to get the ideas on board. But what I think is quite interesting with the, with the Cowleys, we talked about the need to simplify. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think they've done that at all. I think it's actually quite... You, you look, for instance, the way that as soon as they lose possession, that, that formation changes from the 4-3-3 or the 4-2-3-1 into a 4-1-4-1. You look at how the press moves during a game and you look at their attacking patterns and how willing they are to change things from game to game. Mm. And you realise that they haven't really simplified anything, but what they have done is they've just given the players a completely fresh set of ideas. Mm. Completely, you know, deprogram them, yeah. debug them, and give them something else to think about. And they're, they're very intense. <laughs> You yeah. can tell that. One, one of the things I would say to anybody who listens to this pod who goes to the matches is try and get in a little bit earlier than you should for one home game. and Just watch them warm up because you can see the intensity in the warm up. Nicky Cowley's out there kicking a ball in most of the drills with him. I mean, he's, you know, he, he, he's loving it. Danny Cowley's out there in and amongst the squad. He's got his arm around players. He's talking to players. He's talking to players who aren't in the match day squad and yeah. running through stuff with them, which is interesting. They had you, Josh Caroma out doing a yeah. sprinting drill after the game on. Uh, and that he would literally all. right up until the two teams were coming out for kickoff because yeah. I was saying to you, who, who is that on the far side? Because yeah. we couldn't work out if it was someone in the match day squad, could we? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's. They've bought an intensity. They've bought a different style of thinking. 
I think they've clearly worked with a few individuals like Bakuna who mm. we know has had one or two personal issues and they've, they've given him the space and the room, not just physically but also in his mind to be able to, to deal with things better. And yeah, it, it, you just hope it continues. You just hope that the, the good mood, the good feeling continues because it's it's if town are going to be free of that relegation zone come christmas because one one loss and they could drop back in there yeah. where they are at the moment you know it's a slight they're only out of it on goal difference yeah it's moment. a it's a false position at the moment they it it's they have they've got to keep this momentum going they've got to get it but that's the other thing about the championship lose a game saturday it's all right you've got another tuesday or wednesday to put it right haven't you yeah it's, it's worth saying that this run, as we've highlighted before, that Town started the season with basically the hardest run of games yeah. that they were possibly going to get. I think I looked at it at the start of the season based on the betting odds, yeah. um, like the promotion betting odds, and that run of whatever it was, four or five games, was the hardest spell. Mm. And this that they're in now is the easiest spell that yeah. they're going to have all season. Um, and obviously that's going to come round again once yeah. we get the other side of Christmas and they'll be back on that difficult run again but even still it's it's you know they hadn't won in, in any of their first nine you know mm. so you know they had what was it one point from their first eight so yeah it's a, still a, a seven point week is some yeah whatever you want to say about like how easy the fixture list is and mm. all of that but it's it's exciting times really because I think we, we, one or two people have accused us of sometimes being slightly overly positive, but it's not that we're overly positive, it's just that we're slightly more analytical because we But we're too neutrals for a start, the yeah. two of us. So you're, you're, you're slightly dispassionate about it and you can see things for what they are. And as you look at it now, genuinely, for the first time since, since the playoff final... Clubs will be looking at Huddersfield Town and going, oh, I don't fancy playing them. Yeah, and that that's that's exactly where Town need to be for the rest of the season. Mm. They don't have to go up this year. No, they don't have to make the playoffs. Just as well. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have to make the playoffs, but they they need to become a club again where they aren't being looked upon as at least four points a season out of them. Yeah. And you know, Blackburn will be looking at that game, and it's a very different prospect for Blackburn than it was. A fortnight ago, suddenly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, it's the next few are uh, Blackburn, then Borough, then Barnsley. Barnsley, who are looking for a new manager, mm. and currently rumoured that Jan Siever is one of the men in the running. So mm. that'd be. He was at a game recently, but that's. I think he lives. He still. Well, he, I know he still he lives, lives in, in the area. Thought, it may he, well yeah. be that he was just there watching a game. More likely than not, let's be honest. But he's he's available, and yeah. Barnsley have a model that they've been working to with Daniel Strandall, and he might be a very natural fit. But and he's an impressive talker he can sell himself he's got the right ideas Jan mm. like we, we, we've both you know been sort of stuck up for him when he was getting a bit of flack and he does have good ideas in him and I'm sure he will have learnt a lot mm. from, from the mistakes that he made as any manager will tell you at the start of their yeah. career we have both said several times to each other that we can't shake the feeling that at some point he's going to have a very good couple of years at a club somewhere Yeah. if he took that Barnsley job that is 
<laughs> that's a, a tough gig. Yeah, they've lost some of their best players. They're on a not a, not anything like Huddersfield Town's run, but they're they're certainly struggling. And he'd almost be walking into the same position that he was in when he joined mm. Town because he'd be replacing the manager that got them promoted. Being the man after the man. Yeah. Yeah. This is the this I know Stanley was so. only there for a year and he got them, you know. It, but the, still. It seems it's but he it was does, well liked Stendhal by the Barca yeah. fans from what I understand. Oh, massively, yeah. yeah, massively. But you you feel like uh there may be a marriage of convenience there because he lives in the area and he, he yeah. may well fit the model. But who knows? That's a that's a game that town. If town are serious about pulling themselves out of this, mm. that's one of the games that they have to target and yeah. go right. Anything other than three points here is unacceptable. Um, so that's that's interesting. Borough at home. Borough are struggling. Yeah, I mean, they I, 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 they've been on telly. I think three times this season. The Luton game, uh, game last match to him. There was another game they were on. And they look slightly rudderless. They look like they've no yeah. identity. And I was speaking to someone from the Gazette on Friday, Teesside Gazette, I should say. He was surprised at how far they've fallen, given that they only just missed out on the playoffs last year under Tony yeah. Pulis. And I said, "Well, is it a case that that Woodgate's an inexperienced manager?" And he's and he's like, "No, it's not really." He's like, "I don't really get that yeah. sense. They're, they're just." They've just lost that sort of 5%. None of their goal scorers are doing it. He said, you just can't see where they're going to get a goal from. No. He said, even British on Belonga has not been particularly yeah. at it. And they, I, I know a Middlesbrough fan, Simon Benoob, and he's through the floor because that exact reason, there's no invention, no creation. Mm. So that, again, Town have to look at that and go, right, it's a home game. Mm. It's a Wednesday night under the floodlights. That's that's a game we want to win. Blackburn away is a slightly different prospect. Let's be honest. Blackburn yeah. have got goals in them. They're a well-organised, well-drilled side. That's the hardest game on that run. So when they started this run of seven games, Blackburn were the only team in that run that were in the top half yeah. at the time. And the thing about Blackburn is they carry a, a major attacking threat. Yeah, they do. Um, um, well, Bradley Dack playing there. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, Bradley Dack is a He's a Premier League player, isn't yeah. he? A, a Championship club. Yeah. And I, I did, uh, I think, three Blackburn games last season, and they, they're really well drilled, well organised. But town on the crest of a wave. The other thing that I slightly don't like about that Blackburn game is Saturday lunchtime kickoff. Mm. They're always weird games. They're always a bit flat, and it's yeah. I think that counts against them as well to be honest but we'll we'll see I, I would have thought that they could I reckon if you offered them a point at Blackburn yeah. now they'd probably they'd probably take it and I don't think they'll set up like they did in the Stoke game mm. but I don't think it'll be far off yeah just Looking with a bit straight yeah try and frustrate for as long as possible and then half an hour to go look to really start to counter with mm. some pace like you said, game changes off the bench. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if Diacarbi, even though he's playing well, starts on the bench, but is then sort of unleashed mm. for the last half an hour, 25 minutes. Mm. But that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why you have a subs bench. That's why you use it to your advantage. I mean, Blackburn now dropped into the bottom half, but then as you say, Borough, well, they're a place above 
Huddersfield in the mm. table at the moment. Do you know? I, I don't know how many goals Borough have scored this season, uh, but it's not many. They've scored fewer than Town. They've yeah. scored eleven, um, and I think three. So they're on a goal a game. And weren't three of them in their opening day against Luton, possibly? Yeah, I mean they've again shows you what a turnaround it's been because Town have now mm. scored uh, seven in their last four. Yeah. So, the, the, having scored five in their previous eight, I think it was. I think one of the interesting questions for me, Steve, and I, I want your take on this. What's your front three against Blackburn if you go for a three? Which realistically, one way or another, I think the Cowleys will play with three attacking options, yeah. basically. I think I think you go back to, as you say, what it was against Stoke, which is Kachunga, who obviously is going to be mm. like right at it, Campbell and Grant. Yeah, I think Campbell away from home gives you a lot more. Yeah. Uh, well, he's going to he's going to push and exactly. He's going to press and... high up the pitch, and I think Grant probably offers a bit more defensively as well. Yeah. Um, out on the wing, so I think Jonathan Hogg or Trevor Chalaber, whoever plays as if they go f- the four one four one four yeah. three three, whoever plays as that number six, man marking Bradley Dack. Yeah. Um, I I think they have to start Hogg because I think. I think Shalaba, he went off injured um, in the in the in the game against Hull. He got sent home from England duty with a slight injury. That almost helps him, yeah, because it almost gives him a ready-made excuse, doesn't it, and something to tell the player as well. And I think Hogg. The thing about Dak is Dak is a player who it's it quite easy to wind up. Mm. to say the least unless he's matured severely since last season um, I watched him in, in two games they played I did the QPR game last season that uh, Blackburn nicked it in the end with a with a penalty but um, yeah but QPR just stuck a midfield on him and just wound him up relentlessly and it worked mm. so I get the feeling that Hogg may be sent out to do that job Um and he may go up in the air once or twice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can't argue with that front three. I, I just think, I know defensively Grant gives you more, but I, I've sort of been a proponent of, I think, depending how you play it, I think Grant on the left is fine. But, you know, when you see him score a goal yeah. like he did against Hull, you think, you've got to find a way to get him opportunities in yeah. the box, haven't you? Um, so as long as they don't lose that, yeah, I think that's fine. And I think then, as I said, your big attacking change is Dear Carby, who mm. I think it's worth spending a minute on because he suddenly looks like a proper player. Yeah, um, Still a massive variance from sublime to ridiculous. But when he gets it right, there's... There'll be very few fullbacks in this league can cope with him, you know. He's an interesting one, and he's he's a talent who I think will will see growing and growing throughout the mm. season to the point where he he may well be come the end of the season. We'll be saying, oh, what a good signing he was yeah. last summer. Well, they, this is it, and I, you know, I've always and I, I repeat myself again, but I've always said on this podcast, you've not seen a player like Diacarbi or Benza with the tail up, you know, mm. full of confidence and really going for it. We don't know how good these players are. But the thing I quite like is that we were in the press conference where he talked about wanting to play a Liverpool-style front three where you have an unselfish person in the middle whose job it is to bring in, you know, the people either side. What I quite like about this is that 
rather than trying to play a Liverpool style front three, you, if you play Grant and on the left, coming in from the left, Campbell through the middle, and have Diacabi right loading the gun for them, yeah. suddenly that looks really threatening. Yeah. You know, suddenly that looks a proper plan of attack, whether you start with it or whether mm. you do it for the last half an hour. And I know we've talked about Kachunga and he's absolutely worth his place and he, he, yeah. he should should start for me. But if if Diacabi keeps doing this, like Pakuna, he's going to become impossible to ignore. Yeah, I'd be really tempted to give Pakuna a start. Because I think I, there's... I think I have to. Yeah, as plain as he is, there's only so long that they could keep him on the bench. A goal, two assists and a key pass in the last... Yeah. Like, off the subs bench in yeah. the last two games. You can't ignore that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about what a confidence player he is as well. Yeah. Like, he is a pure confidence player. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and what better way to sort of keep that going than by giving him a start? I don't think there's anything... I think if he were to drop Lewis O'Brien, there would be some fans that were a bit up in arms about that. But I would say it's worth remembering that Lewis O'Brien is 20 years old, hasn't played at this level before, and there's a lot of games in the Championship. Yeah. Drop, dropping a central midfielder is no shame particularly no. if you're playing 4-3-3 yeah. so I would yeah I would say whichever of those midfielders if he were to start Bakuna whichever of those three and he presumably is going to stick with Hogg whoever he drops out of the other two yeah and as you say maybe Chalabar I, I'm sort of preempting that for another time perhaps if Chalabar is not quite 100% mm. fit then then Bakuna's the obvious replacement there but you like but, they've got three games in a week yeah so exactly. as you said you you <laughs> Particularly in midfield in the championship, where it's a bit of a bear pit sometimes. It's pretty amazing if a club went with the same midfield three for three games in seven days. Yeah, exactly. So I think they will mix it up a bit, and and, I think they'll also do that with the front three as well. They've talked about like they didn't. Cali has talked about how in the first five games he didn't want to make a lot of changes. Yeah, because he didn't. Well, a couple of things. One, he didn't want to. He wanted to have some sense of continuity yeah. um, to build off of. And the other thing was that some of the players that are sort of other options are younger players. So yeah. it's Reese Brown, Josh Caroma. Yeah. You know, and, and he big ask. <laughs> yeah, it's a big ask to, to just throw them in. Bakuna when his head was down. Isaac and Benzer as well. Those are players that have not been at their best or have barely featured this season yeah yeah you can understand him not wanting but they're now as we've discussed at a position where some of those players have actually come off the bench and started doing well really well in Bakuna's mm. case and now they can start to look to, to to rotate things a bit and try different things and the Cowleys have shown a, a real willingness to like as we've talked about adopt a different game plan for every yeah. game they, yeah. every game they've played has been slightly different to the yeah. last one um, which is like incredible pragmatism yeah on their part like one of the things i have to look for is is formations and tactical shifts for when you're doing opta for when i'm doing my yeah for when i'm doing the day job and they're so difficult to classify because a 4-3-3 often isn't a 4-3-3 yeah and it's often one formation in possession and one formation yeah, out of possession. Yeah, I think tactical notation is yeah. a bit... And like a four-two-three-one is rarely a four-two-three-one. Yeah. And at, at times, it's the the way they 
how, when they've tried to when they've shifted to a four two three one or when they've tried to start that as a pattern, we had them down in a four three three, didn't we? Was it the Millwall game? Mm. And instantly I said to you after five minutes, Lewis or Brown's playing as a ten here. This is a four two three one. Often the four two three one morphs into a four one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like Hog does all that work for them back there, so mm. the other two can push on. So this is what I mean about they they haven't simplified things, but what they have done is they've sort of completely ripped up what had gone before. They're hitting and, the reset button is how Cowley yeah, refers to it, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that he did his Q and A on Monday. I'm not surprised he he agreed to do that and he did a couple of interviews last week which are are yet to be out there but um I was slightly involved in one of them he had a little bit of a sort of flurry of press because he's speaking from a position of authority when you're coming off a seven point week you know you may as well cash in while the going's good you may as well turn around to the players and say I'm sorry but you're not starting and you need to pull your boots up a little bit because you've just won two games in a week yeah (laughs) you know so it's 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 good times really let the good times roll but the other thing I wanted to mention to you is my boy Tommy Elphick the thing is Simpson since he's come in he's not been brilliant but what he has done is played properly (laughs) (laughs) he's played properly as a right back Mm. he's stayed in line when needed he's helped his centre-backs out and he's when he's needed cover he's called for cover yeah when he hasn't needed cover his central defender's been yeah Yeah. he's gone he's fine and I don't want to bash Hadajinai here but there is there is no coincidence that since Simpson's come in Instantly, that back four mm. gets one concedes goal one games. goal in and three that's, games. That's a goalkeeper. A goalkeeper error. error. Yeah. yeah. And Elphick, the thing is, I know Elphick still has a bit to do to win over the town fans. Yeah. But I, the one thing I do do is, if you look at the stats and the comparison stats, yeah. <laughs> the one thing I do, I do do. Tell it again. <laughs> I look at comparison stats and what have you, and that he he is now properly playing he is he is now doing a proper job he's more vocal than Schindler it was quite interesting to see in that whole game a couple of times not not boss him about but Schindler I thought was excellent in that game yeah Elphick was literally a couple of times telling him where to go they're both excellent against Stoke as well yeah Mel actually marked down Elphick against uh, Stoke and I I couldn't believe it yeah and that's interesting because if they've got a partnership now, um, you know, the, the Danny Cowley talked about it's slightly difficult because they're both right-footed, aren't they? Mm. So there's not a natural right and left. So they've they've got to they've got to work together. Schindler can do what Schindler does and be better on the ball than Elphick and uh, have a better anticipation and a better sense of where the danger is. Elphick can do the dirty work. Elphick, what Elphick wants to do is head balls away mm-hmm. and take strikers down and put the ball out for a throw-in when it's needed. Yeah. He just wants to do the basics of the job. So if he, if you've got him being a bit more vocal at the back, being a bit more of a leader, you've got a keeper who suddenly has a lot more confidence in mm-hmm. those two in front of him as well. Yeah, it's it's no... Again, I don't want to bash Hadis United, but it's, it's no 
secret as to why that's suddenly working. And Jaden Brown as well, yeah. who was excellent against Hull, yeah. who uh, Danny Cowley has said he's going to get an extended run. And I've, I've said, again, I always repeat myself on this podcast, but I've said again, play a specialist in a specialist position. Yeah. Congolo is great. He's really good at what he does, but he's not a left back. This is a question that we've put to Kelly at a press conference, and a fan also asked it, which is, uh, is he a left back or a centre back, Congolo? And Kelly's answer is that he is a. He was probably signed to be on the left of a yeah. back three, which mm. is fair. Well, Congolo himself, I think, has said that's where he wants to play. Yeah, and he also said that he sees Congolo as a what he calls an inverted fullback rather than an overlapping mm. fullback. Yeah. So playing the role that Simpson does as opposed to the one that Haddish and I was, yeah. for instance. Yeah. I think I, I my suspicion, and this is not informed or based on any behind the scenes or anything like that, um, my suspicion is that Congolo would go back in at centre-back when he's back fit, if mm. and when he's back fit. Now that they are developing a partnership, do you I think it put depa- in? I think it depends how you play. It was notable... How high a line they played against uh, Millwall, and that's interestingly the other thing that Cowley has said is Congolo probably allows us to play a high line. Yeah, because his recovery pace is far better. Yeah. So I think in games where you are looking to play a high line and you are looking to push on, Barnsley at home. Yeah, I think Congolo is perhaps the man you want in there, so that if you if they do break the lines and get in behind, you've got somebody who's lightning to get back there. Because however much I love him. I'm not going to pretend Tommy Elphick is a sprinter. He is not a sprinter. Um, so I think you can vary it from game to game. I think what what I want from a central defensive partnership and what works right up to the very highest level, even you Man City's and Barcelona's, is you have one who does the dirty work and one who does the dirty work but is also far better on the ball. So yeah. he's an outlet, basically. And the one's job is to do all his defensive duties and just give the other the ball because <laughs> he's yeah. far better. And what was noticeable was how Elphick was, um, Schindler was actually looking to break the lines when he was on the ball yeah. and, and, and getting it wide to Kachunga, etc. And that's a strategy. That's clearly a, a thing they've been told. And that is good to see because one of the things that Wagner did and that Jan did was that constant sideways keep possession if they haven't got the ball they can't hurt us it's a risky ball from a central defender to try Mm. and play into that space for a winger to run on but if the risk comes off you've automatically got a player in and you've got players facing goal that's what you want there were there were three or four good good balls from Schindler against Tull yeah that that were yeah, nice passes. Yeah, like they they were again. It wasn't just hoofing it. And, no, you so, know, and this if you've got Steve Mounier up front, then maybe you can just hoof it and just be like, well, we'll head it and see where. It, but yeah. they were nice um, long passes, as you yeah. said, as you've talked about recently. Um, and I think one of them was marginally offside. Another yeah. one, you know, the, the chance came to nothing. Yeah, but, and this is what what the Cowleys have wanted to do, and what Town have needed to do is. Town spend, have played all their football with their back to goal for 18 months. Mm. So everything has been slow, stayed, uncreative. Every ball has been into a player who's got to turn and beat a man. Not enough incisiveness, not enough directness. There's a huge difference between a long ball and a long pass. Mm. And what the long pass, if you, if you do break the lines and get in behind, instantly you've got four players 
who are all facing goal and running forward. Mm. And that, trust me, from an attacking point of view, tactically, that makes a vast, vast difference. Yeah. So again, these are the these are the things that the players are having to think about now that are going to make you know a big difference longer term. But I think that back four is interchangeable with Congolo coming in. Yeah. But Simpson and Brown, I would, I, barring injury or tiredness, I wouldn't change either of no. them. And speaking of Hadish and I, yeah. where did he play for Kosovo? Yeah, we, I can't remember. I think we were not on air when we talked about this, but you were yeah. saying um, he needs to be bailified, perhaps, yeah. that he's a winger rather than a fullback, and he played on the right wing for Kosovo, apparently. Mm. Um, when they beat Montenegro the other he's day. He's not a fullback, he's not a wing back. Yeah. So I think, you know, Harry Redknapp for all his faults, one of the, the, the best things he ever did was shoved Gareth Bale from fullback to a winger. And that's what Hadij and I will be longer term because he ain't a defender. <laughs> the minute you put that defensive responsibility on him the, the problem with Hadish Nine, why he's so easy to criticise, I think, is because it's not that he's a bad player, it's just that the things he doesn't do take other people down with him. Mm. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, if Dia Carby has a bad game, he doesn't actually take anyone down with him, yeah. does he? You know, it, it's it, that's the problem, and that's why he gets, Flo gets beaten so badly in yeah. player ratings and everything else, rightly or wrongly, but... Yeah, I do wonder if the Cowboys might have a look at that at some point, but I, I, I think longer term, Hadis and I is probably a player who, going on to something we're going to talk about, about trimming the squad down a bit yeah. further, he is somebody who you feel probably doesn't fit. So this is based on um, Danny Cowley at the Q&A saying that they've got a squad of 28 players at the moment and he feels like they they, they have always preferred to have a squad of 22, um, basically, because he thinks that if you're getting into a place where you've got players who are third and fourth choice, yeah, that they are inevitably going to they lose their way a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that it's not sustainable in the longer term, which suggests that their, well, that town need to, to lose six players. Mm. Now, that squad of 28 is worth saying. We've, we've had a look at it and we think we know who the 28 are. Um, I'll run through it. In fact, it's Camille Grabara, Joel Coleman, Ryan Schofield, Danny Simpson, Flo Hadajanai, Herbert Bockhorn, Christopher Schindler, Jan Stankovic, Tommy Elphick, Romani Edmonds Green, Jaden Brown, Terence Congolo, Lewis O'Brien, Janunio Bakuna, Jonathan Hogg, Trevor Chalabert, Alex Pritchard, Reese Brown, Matty Daly. Adama Diakabi, Isaac Mbenza, Carlin Grant, Fraser Campbell, Colin Quanner, Steve Mounier, Elias Kachunga, Josh Kroma, and Aaron Rowe. Yeah. If I've got it right. Those, those are the 28 senior players, or yeah, senior players, if you want to count a couple of those youngsters as senior, yeah. like, likes of Rowe and Daly. Those are the 28 professionals that I think he's talking about. If they're looking at losing six of them, then there's some obvious ones who you'd say, well, you send them out on loan. Yeah. So Aaron Rowe, Matty Daly, yeah. he's already acknowledged that he thinks a loan would do Ryan Schofield some good. Yeah. Ramani Edmonds Green is another I th- one. Uh, goalkeepers are really uh, like, they're so dependent on game time because you yeah. learn in game, don't you, when you're a goalkeeper? There's only so much you can do on the training pitch. Yeah. You look at Grabara, 
it's taken him until now to actually come out and claim a cross. And I know he dropped the one against Millwall, but you know his first four or five games, I don't think he came out once yeah. to claim a cross. So I understand that, and he will come back a much better goalkeeper yeah. for the experience. No, no disrespect to Joel Coleman, but I think Joel Coleman at this point in his career is probably used to the idea of being the yeah. second choice goalkeeper he's, he's yeah. a bit older he's 23 24 mm. Ryan Schofield is 19 and I know that they see they regard him really highly I think they see well him. I'm not surprised no the performance he put in against their Lincoln yeah their Lincoln side yeah it, um he's he's a really good lad as well he's got mm. his when if you ever hear interviews with him I think we did we put one on a podcast if you want to go back through the feed um with with Ryan he's he's doesn't sound like a 19 year old he's, yeah. he's got his head properly screwed on his shoulders similar yeah. to Liz O'Brien mm. um, but I think he is very ambitious they have yeah. they see big things in his future so it makes more sense to send him out yeah. get him some time and who knows perhaps he might be starting for town next yeah. year or, or the year after um, Edmunds, as I say Edmunds Green is another one who he, he's a player I really like yeah. I really really like and I, I, you know I talked about him in that Lincoln game how well he played and how Stankovic passed the striker over to him you know yeah. Stankovic the experienced defender literally said oh, you're going to have to handle him I think he's got a big future yeah. ahead um, I think Congolo you know again this is based on nothing but longer term, I'm not sure Congolo will be at that club next season um, for various reasons. And I think he's a player that you ultimately have to be realistic about and say in the summer you are going to get, if you did put him up for sale, you're going to get an amount of money it's probably going to be difficult to say no to for Congolo. I think that's fine because I think potentially sending him out on loan is fine, but even if they don't, it, it's. I see a lot of young footballers, and I actually do. In the course of the Opta job last season, I did a lot of youth football. Mm. Defenders rarely stand out because, you know, a defender's peak often comes much later in their career because it's about like mm. learning where the danger is and when to step up and all that sort of thing. Edmunds Green, every time I've seen him, has just stood out a mile to me yeah. because it's just all natural. You know, yeah. he's he's not working at anything. He's he's got the physicality, but he's also got the brain. Mm. You know, he's a really intelligent defender. So I think longer term he's got a big future, but you don't need him right this second no, with Stankovic and Congolo as back up. Yeah, exactly. He's the fifth choice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Kelly was saying third or fourth choice can yeah. can cause you issues, and he's the fifth choice. So, yeah, th- there's no harm there. Um, Matty Daly, I know they they think really highly of, mm. from what I understand. Um, again, he's probably, he, but he's 18. They're not going to throw him in at this stage. No. Um, maybe towards the end of the season, he, he did did well on his the two Premier League yeah. games he played last season. He he did, but he'd. Um, <sighs> Like it's a tough league physically. Yes, and he he's is very slight. Yeah, um, he he unfortunately is still at that point in his career where a great big burly mm-hmm. central midfielder is going to put him three feet in the air. Yeah. So there'd be absolutely nothing wrong with I think probably sending him out on loan, League One or League Two, get some or football. Even abroad, perhaps. Yeah, get some football. Get used to going in the air once or twice in a game. Uh, Aaron Rowe has played on the wing he's he's had a couple of injuries this season again another one he's, he's played in the Premier League but mm. probably with the number of wingers in particular 
Uh, he played at right back against Donny in pre-season, yeah. oddly enough. But I mean, we've also he's he's very well thought of in the club, isn't he, Aaron? Yeah, Lowe, I think. Yeah, I think they see. I think they think he's got quite a big future. Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm not. I'm not quite on board with that in a way that I am with, like you know, Edmunds Green or the, Daly. The youngsters that I haven't seen much of Aaron Rowe, I must say, because his appearances in the Premier League came before I started this job. Mm. So I really haven't. The only time I've, I think I've seen him play, and he, because he's had those injuries, the only time I've actually seen him play was when he played right back in a friendly mm. against Doncaster, which I'm not mm. going to judge him on, although he did all right. Um, yeah, I mean, the youngsters that I think they they have particularly high hopes for have been Lewis O'Brien, who's now broken through. Mm. Schofield, Rowe, Edmonds Green, and uh, Scott High, who's not one of the 28, but he's a defensive midfielder. Mm. He's the captain of the under-19s at the moment. Um, he's he's probably the next one off yeah, the, to off try the and get production up the production line, line, maybe line, next yeah. season. Um, but then, but that's sort of three or four players there that that you're looking at, and mm. we're set, we're trying to get to six. Um, and in fact, I haven't even counted Edmunds Green on, on this list because I was trying to get two for every position. And if yeah. you got, got Congolo as your left back covered, that leaves Edmunds Green as centre back. So then the other three <laughs> that I think might be the odd ones out. Can I say it? Go on. Herbert Bockhorn's moves gone well, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Herbert Bockhorn is, is, it looks like, the third choice right back and the third choice left back. Yeah. He's only played against Lincoln and for the development team. Um, he seemed like a bit of a gamble when they signed him because he was 23, I think, and had only played for Dortmund's under-23s. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's, it's not... If he's, if so he's ever going to be a success, then he's got to have a run in the side. You can't judge him on one game. And if you're third choice either side, yeah, a, a run... In, I mean, he, you're not going to shift Simpson out of that spot from here to the end of the season, barring injury. Yeah. You're not... Realistically, going to shift Jaden Brown out or Congolo. Yeah, if Brown, uh, if Jaden Brown's form dips, then Kongolo, yeah, you put Congolo back there. So I, yeah, that's that's quite an obvious cross in a box, I think. There, yeah. Really. Uh, the other ones that I've got, kind of as the odd ones out, are Colin Quanner and Steve Mounier. Mm. But I might be tempted to move Mounier back into the keep column if you're going to then put Edmund Screen out. On yeah. I think, I mean, I wrote one of my pieces that I think there is a world you can use Colin Croner. Yeah. I think he is he's a battering ram, and I think there are certain games in this division that call for a battering ram, to be mm. perfectly honest he with you. He is out with a hip injury at the moment, it's worth saying, so yeah. that's why he's been out. It's not that he's particularly out, because he had been on the bench the first couple of games. The other thing is, I think, you know, there is a world in some games, particularly over Christmas, when they come in at, you know, thick and fast, if you want to play that sort of completely unselfish man in the middle whose sole job is, is to feed those wide of him and play with his back to goal, Quana could do that job in a yeah. couple of games against lower level opposition. The but, problem is that Mounier can probably do it better. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, and Mounier is probably the third choice. And that's what I'm going to say. So I think with Quana, I think realistically, quite quickly, we've moved from a world where he might do a job in a couple of games at a particularly busy part of the year to. You know, really, you'd be unsurprised to see him go out on loan again, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. The other thing I would say is that he's well thought of in the camp 
because um, mm. he's he's a big personality. Yeah, and he's a really good trainer apparently. Um, I mean, they loved him at Ipswich, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did. They went to Ipswich. He scored some they, vital goals for them, including yeah, but, winner against Leeds. Yeah, but they said he was like a breath of fresh air. They absolutely loved him over there. So you you sort of wonder, is there a world where they might come back Send in back for him? Yeah. You know, in, in January. He, he could do a really good job playing at the top of League One. Oh, yeah. With, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, he'd be fine. Position. I mean, like he doesn't know what he's going to do half the time, so how do a defender... <laughs> try and cope with that I mean but, it's it's worth saying I mean I've got a list here where I've got players in black and players in red it's worth saying this is a massive oversimplification that what yeah. I've done here oh, and yeah. what I've just talked through but I think it's worth talking about Mounier for a minute because like a lot a lot of fans were sort of before the start of the season thought he'd do really really well at this level including us I think well I, I don't know I've never been that on board. Right, including me then. <laughs> it's not it, the problem is with Mounier. I think if you play Mounier as your striker, you have to play a certain way. Yeah, which and is Town what the now, said. Yeah, and Town are sort of quite removed from that way of playing now. Yeah, Mounier is a striker who doesn't want to work his bum off for everything. He wants to be fed. You know, he wants yeah. crosses. He wants six-yard balls. You know, six-yard line balls, etc. It's not that I don't think he fits, but he suddenly becomes quite an expensive luxury to have sat on your... As your plan B. As your plan yeah. B. And I mean, arguably, your plan B is to take Campbell off and put Grant through the centre. Yeah. So arguably, he actually represents plan B.5. <laughs> <laughs> to mix letters and numbers there. So you, I, I almost think, is he one that realistically you look to shift off the wage bill and potentially if you do want a plan B 0.5 you potentially spend half his wages and try and loan a player in yeah. you know who who can do a similar task yeah, I'm really. sure Matt Smith doesn't cost as much as yeah. just to pull a name <laughs> yeah. that we played recently yeah and I, I have nothing against Mooney I just think he's he's quite limited in what he does he came on against Lincoln and he missed that header and you sort of felt like, I mean, I've talked about Kachunga's miss being a bit of a before and after moment for Jan against Derby. I almost feel like that was a bit of a before and after moment for, for Mounier because if that goes in, suddenly the crowd love him and they want him back on the pitch and you saw the reception when he was warming up the following home mm. game. Do you remember him and Van Napara warmed yeah. up? You know, are oh, they going to save us? And when he did come on, he did nothing. I think he touched the ball once in something like 12 minutes mm. or something. So I just feel like he's quite an expensive luxury that you could, for what he's actually giving the team, just you could replace that a lot cheaper. Mm. But you may have to convince one or two fans of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I mean, he did score for Benin at the weekend as well. The other thing is that they have said that they are um, over budget. I think it was just before Danny Simpson signed and they were talking about that. That would suggest that they would welcome the idea of, of getting people off the wage bill if they... Well, I mean, any club would. Getting I, players I, off the wage bill if they feel like they can lose them. Which, I think, which makes them no different to anyone else. Yeah, and I think that's partly where I think maybe Mounier is quite an obvious one to shift in the current circumstances. Particularly longer term when you've got Karoma as well who can play wide or can play through the centre. We don't know what's happening with Karoma at the moment. He's got one or two fitness issues, hasn't well, he? Well, I think it's I think it's they want yeah, they've talked about they want him to 
um, improve his athleticism. They want him to get a bit more defensive work on his game. Yeah. Uh, and the other comment Cowley made was that he is very good at cutting inside from the left. Yeah. But they want him to be able to go the other way just as yeah. well. They yeah. feel like he's he's got sort of that one move, and they want but to help him. All of that is hard. like a very tactful way of saying he's just not quite good enough yet in in most aspects. Yeah, I mean they were they were quite complimentary about him otherwise, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, there's nothing wrong with when that. When you've got three, yeah, exactly. He's 20 years old. Yeah, he's been signed from non-league. And you you can't so. <laughs> you can't have a 22 man squad and have all 22 players absolutely yeah. brilliant, ready to go, fully fit all the time. It just doesn't work like that. You have to bring players through in positions. But I, that's it, it, the wage bill thing is interesting because that's another reason why I think potentially if Congolo has a reasonable season, yeah. he might be another one in the summer that you can get decent money for and, and you can trim that wage bill yeah. a bit. We don't know if Danny, Simpson, Danny Simpson's deal is till the end of the season. So yeah. I, I would imagine... That it reminds be 33 by the end of the season. Yeah, but it it reminds me of um, when Brighton signed Wayne Bridge, and he was just absolutely sensational for a season. But we we couldn't afford to give him another contract because he he just you know yeah, just he was too on Chelsea money. Yeah, it it was just too much. It was great for seasons. We don't know what's going to happen there, but I think that the 22 players I think is slightly unrealistic I think if if you yeah I completely that's, understand the that's concept the thing, I, that's the thing I don't think this is all going to happen in January no, no no what they want what they're actually saying is they want two competitive players for each position yeah. but you get injuries you've got development you've got various other things so I think what they really mean is they're looking at a squad of like 24 25 yeah um but you know realistically you could wipe your entire first eleven out and put another first eleven on there, and it's probably a bit of a message to the players as well. Yeah, absolutely. Be- because yeah. he was, because Cowley was saying, Danny Cowley, because it was the two of them at the Q and A. Danny Cowley was saying, it's you know their method is it's a treadmill, and you turn the speed up, and you see who can keep up on that treadmill. Yeah, and those who want to succeed will stay on the treadmill, and mm. those who drop off the back, that's your natural sorting mm. for who's who's going to stay and who but, isn't. Quite interestingly. We were. I, w- I was chatting quite in depth with a football writer named Dan Story last week. Oh, I've heard of that guy. <laughs> and we were. Danny's a very good friend of mine. <laughs> and Dan did an interview with the Cowleys last week, which I won't spoil anything from. Um, but we were talking about their intensity, and we were saying that I think it's almost a little bit like a smaller scale Pochettino that you have to accept that at some point in the far off future you will, they will burn the squad out because they are so intense and yeah. they are so into them town are so far from that it's untrue I'm not for a minute yeah, that's like a five year project type but thing. that, that um, keeping a smaller squad who are completely on board with it and running on that treadmill completely fits with that model because what they want is just that small group of players who are bonded, who listen to them, who do what they want. Yeah. The the fringes of that they can deal with at another time, but they want to keep that core together, and that's how very much they got success at Lincoln. Mm. And you know, as soon as the Cowleys have been removed from Lincoln, it's becoming a little bit of a struggle mm. there, to say the least, because it's, as I said, it's replacing that intensity, isn't it? So, yeah, I. I think it's interesting what they've said about the squad and trimming it down, but I think the other side of it is I think there were one or two comments in there for the chairman's benefit as mm-hmm. well, 
again, nothing wrong with that. I'm yeah. not saying there's anything wrong with that, but they will know there are limitations after working longer term. Yeah, that's it. It's yeah, you're probably right. Setting expectations to fans mm. that look, we might lose one or two in January. We're on, we're not even talking about new signings yet either. Yeah, no. Like it, Ultimately, no one's going to care if they sell those players or loan those players out and get better replacements for them. Mm. But I think, yeah, they're trying to set the expectation that there might be one or two that leave and don't get replaced, but we think we've got other players in the squad because it's a young yeah. squad yeah. that can step up. And, and I think, again, a month ago, you would have thought, oh, I'm not well, sure about yeah. this. But now, having seen the effect they've had on some of the young players yeah. already after five games, mm. it's like, yeah, fair enough. Which is well, what the plan was all along. Yeah, it, it, it's also about their tactical plan because different players fit difficult different plans. So you did look at them a month ago, and we've sat here on this podcast going, squad looks a bit thin, looks a bit short in certain areas. But if you play a certain way and you're playing to play a strength, then suddenly it doesn't look quite as short because mm. you think, well, yeah, because you've got you've got one or two square pegs in round holes, but they're going to be round pegs longer term if they keep going like that. Mm. So things do change, things do evolve, and that's that's what they've done. You have to. We were fairly kind to Jan when others weren't, mm. um, and I was fairly kind about Wagner when one or two weren't last season. I think the Cowleys at the moment, you have to give them a huge amount of, of respect for what they've done at that club. The, mm-hmm. the, the lift they've given that squad, they've literally reshaped it mm-hmm. in four weeks to the point where we're sitting here now looking at the, taking out those players and going, well, yeah, they'll probably be okay. Yeah. You know, maybe a loan signing here or there. Yeah. Which is, again, it's remarkable, really. Yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah, uh, and it's also worth saying that win again by by giving them credit, and they you know they got a warm round of applause at the Q and A last night. By giving them credit, we're not saying well they're going to win no. the next four of the next five, and no. they're going to be promoted <laughs> or anything like that. But I think the and you know the XG, if you want to point at XG, it's mm. still not still not what it should be yet. Yeah. But they're at a point where. They don't need to worry about that at the moment. No. Um, they, they very quickly got to a point where if they did lose against Blackburn, it doesn't feel like a disaster. No, we <laughs> we set the target of nine or nine or ten points in this run. Yeah. They've got uh, and they've got seven from the first three of those seven games yeah. on that run. So they only and need to win one of the next four. I, and I we think we've I'll go target. on record and say particularly the two home games, the Borough and Barnsley game, I'd be staggered if they didn't get a minimum of four points from them. I genuinely would be staggered. Well, you've, uh, you've, you've been on the money with a few things, so we'll <laughs> come back to that uh, in a couple of weeks, I guess. Um, you on Twitter, Dave? Yes, at David Hartrick, which is H-A-R-T-R-I-C-K and not Hattrick, as everyone calls me. <laughs> yeah, I'm at Stephen Chicken, and Chicken actually is just Chicken. It's not chirking or anything like that. Chicks in, like Adam Chicks in. Um, yeah, and yeah, like, subscribe, tell a friend, all of that. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, bye, bye. Boot to be a